0: Step side, going for Fitzgerald, touchdown Arizona! David Johnson off to the races, he will score, touchdown
1: Arizona! And it is Patrick Peterson who comes up with the spectacular interception! Heading for the pylon! Welcome to episode 89 of the British Bird Gang Breakdown. And you know how they say Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year? Well, I respectfully have to disagree. <laughs> British Bird Gang Awards season is, is most definitely the true and undisputed most wonderful time of the year. And to celebrate this momentous occasion, I'm Tom, and I'm joined by Callum to hand out a shed load of awards and break down the 2019 Arizona Cardinals season.
0: Yeah, Awards season's definitely on us, and uh, obviously we're kicking it off in front of. Uh before everyone else does. Um, I assume
1: you've got your tux on for this. Um, no, I'm a bit underdressed, I think. But...
0: A bit underdressed. I, I got the tux, you know. I've got a glass of champagne, um, you know, ready to,
1: ready to go through some awards. Sadly, we couldn't get Ricky Gervais in, though.
0: <laughs> well you know we tried but his agent wouldn't return our calls that's the problem
1: he's a bit busy doing some of the awards thing apparently
0: yeah they said like one night wasn't enough to fly over from LA or something weird like that but anyway you know we're here we're gonna host the awards we've got quite a few awards to give out too. Tom you've sent me a page or a document that's what four sides of A4 five sides of A4 worth
1: of awards
0: and statistics and things like that
1: yeah, I mean, it's quite a lot to go through, so I suppose we should actually get on with it.
0: Well, it might as well. I guess there's not really particularly any news to
1: get through in the meantime. We've not really got any news of note following the season. You know, some position coaches got fired, but neither Vance Joseph nor Steve Kahn did. So our chances of a clickbaity title for this episode seem to have disappeared. Yeah, well, we can do.
0: We can make do with what we have and uh, get on with some, some awards. As voted for by, I think, again, the most ever people in the British Bird Gang Awards, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, just like Chandler Jones, we keep breaking our franchise record. <laughs> yeah, I think it was, was it 220 plus? It was in the end, yes. We'll stick it at that because we don't have to get into too accurate.
0: Yeah, <laughs> in the 220s votes, which is a pretty significant, um, you know, a pretty significant choice. So when we're talking about, you know, margins of 5%, for example, we're talking, you know, 10 plus people.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's not like a fifty-two forty-eight position here. Exactly.
0: Um and yeah, we've got well, I guess uh, we might as well get kicked off with
1: some, right? Yeah, we'll kick off with the negative ones first, the first of which being Ghost of the Season, which still, even after eight years, confuses people as to what it actually means.
0: It amuses me because it happens every single time that people just really mess it up. And and like I can kind of understand how. But it is a British Bird Gang tradition
1: that it's Goat of the Year, person with the worst season, as in Goat or Hero. Exactly. You just have to look at the nominees and understand it's like not a serious award, but, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of nominees, um, this this, uh, has a sort of star-studded quality to it of uh, guys that you really don't want to have been this season, including Patrick Peterson, Terrell Suggs, Justin Murray, David Johnston, Tremaine Brock, and Darius Fillion.
1: All of them got vote
0: Yeah, in fact this was one of our closest um award categories for the for the evening.
1: Yeah, I mean three guys obviously stood out more than the other two, but
0: Yeah. I think you know the three names that sort of stood out the most were really the guys who should have had promise you know the bigger names who we expected something from and they didn't get it and you know kicking us off in in third place with 23 percent of the vote um is pretty much an embodiment of that and that's patrick peterson
1: yeah in second place we have 24.3 percent of the vote with terrell Suggs, but the overall winner for this category with 28.3 percent of the vote was david johnson can you say you're uh surprised about this one I'm not surprised at all considering how hyped we were going into the season about him and then the season he actually delivered.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it's really a case of with David Johnson, you know, we we talk about this whole league being a, what have you done for me lately league? And David Johnson really is the epitome of that because, you know, you're starting to get to the point where his breakout season is like four or five years ago. And, This season in particular, you know, he went in, he had the starting job. I don't think anyone doubted he would have the starting job going in. And he just had extremely poor production throughout the season, even being relegated to the bench
1: several times. And I mean, when it comes to whoring out this podcast to get more listeners, I'll be (laughs) atting everyone who wins an award to see if they actually retweet it. (laughs) Oh, no. I'm not quite sure David Johnson will want to... To show recognition of him being the worst player on this team,
0: I to be fair, I mean, it depends how you phrase it because I think if you phrase it as you were voted as our goat of the season, then um, he might just be confused rather than angry because he might not get what the goat means. But um, even so, yeah, I can't imagine he'll be, uh, he would be following us after that one.
1: I think we should, probably should save some hate for David Johnson because we might need a bit. Oh, spoilers. I know, but, you know, people know who they <laughs> voted for. And, fair, yeah. fair enough,
0: fair enough. Well, and in, in the interest of keeping in all the negative awards together, should we move on to the disappointment of the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, we had a fair few nominees for this and a big, a big spread of votes overall. But who was the most disappointing out of the several that we had to vote for?
0: I mean, to be fair, this is a season with... Not as many nominees as as last year, you know. I think filling out the the ranks for this would have been a harder job than previously.
1: Yeah, I mean the nominees for this year were only winning five games. Patrick Pederson suspension. <laughs> David Johnson MIA. Unfortunately, not Miami. You never know in the off season. Yeah, true. Robert Olford's broken leg. Vance Joseph's defense. And Terrell Suggs is stealing money from us.
0: Uh, yeah, and um, this is this is a, a category that wasn't quite as close. The winner of it really, really ran away with it. But in in third place with sixteen point four percent of the vote, we had Patrick Peterson.
1: In second place with seventeen point three percent of the vote, Terrell Suggs. Yeah, the winner with a massive forty five percent of the vote. It's David Johnson again. it's
0: interesting to me that the this shook out in the same order as the goat of the year with patrick peterson taking third Terrell suggs taking second and david johnson taking first
1: i didn't actually notice that
0: i mean so for me personally i voted for T sizzle in this category because honestly in a lot of ways david johnson wasn't really that much of a disappointment for me this year you know it was just like when it started happening, it felt inevitable. It felt like a case of like, uh, oh, well, you know, it's finally happened. David Johnson's been on the downward trend for however many years now. And he's finally had a, a a truly bad season. So I voted for Terrell Suggs because even though, you know, going into the season, he was going to be a bit old to be playing and all that stuff. I still thought that he would make a valuable addition to the D line and, he just was not.
1: After about week four or five, he just disappeared. I mean, I definitely voted for David Johnson in this one for fantasy reasons as well as actual reasons. That is a good point, actually. Fantasy owners of David Johnson must have been absolutely fuming
0: because he's <laughs> he's a sort of top 10
1: pick. Well, I mean, I think I've picked him like four, four, fifth in the Bird Gang Bowl. Yeah. Like I was happy for, like, for the first time ever I'd be able to have David Johnson in my team. <laughs> it's like, nope very little production
0: one or two touchdowns all year several games i think with negative yardage that's yeah i can't imagine well i i imagine there's going to be a big conversation going on about him this offseason you spent a lot of time
1: on my bench as well put it that way And, well, at least he's uh, pulled out a double award for this season. It's the only thing he's done a double of this season, I think. (laughs) I think so. Before we move on to happier moments from this season, though, we have a question from Mark Walter. Who is the Deadwood we should be shipping out? And do you think we will be able to? Which gives us yet another chance to rag on David Johnson, I believe.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, that's a pretty apt question to put in at this point. I mean... Which, shall we get on to David Johnson in a minute? But um, is there anyone else you're sort of thinking, you know, let's,
1: let's be cutting them loose, let's be getting rid of them? Not off the top of my head, really, because I think it's a young roster as it is. There's not really anyone I'd really, like, dump off because, you know, you've already done it.
0: Yeah, I would kind of agree there. I mean, my one of my big questions or questions hanging in there is, is, like, the wide receiving core because we've got a lot of young guys we've got a lot of promise on that wide receiving core and yet you know there's a lot of guys who're still not getting playtime who're still not getting reps out there and i'm wondering if the you know some of those uh seats could be used to to bring other guys up from the practice squad and give those guys a chance and whether or not it would be worth you know trying to trade away a couple of the the younger wide receivers that weren't really doing much so you mean guys like Trent Shearfield? That's my th- because so my thinking is right is that we've got actually a fair amount of talent there, but not really been using them in a particular way. And you know, guys like Sherfield, yeah, he's he's a good player, and and it would be good to have him on the roster. But we've got you know two or three Trent Sherfields kicking around, and and would it be better to send him somewhere else in the hopes of improving one of our other position groups that are sort of dire direly struggling?
1: Yeah, I can see that being the case. And then of course is David Johnson. And what do you do with him over the off season?
0: Oh, exactly. Because the the real question with David Johnson is can he can you fix what's wrong with him? Because obviously if you can, you hold on to him because we've seen his upside and it isn't it is absolutely incredible. Um but the problem is now, if you try and trade him away, presumably no one will want him,
1: honestly, after that season. I mean you're probably gonna have to give up stuff to get rid of him, aren't you?
0: Yeah, exactly
1: like move it down in the draft a few spots maybe
0: it seems like a an interesting you know quandary and I, I wonder you know whether if if we see david johnson on the roster come summertime we'll know that there's something going on behind the scenes that we haven't known about yet
1: i'm glad it's just not us making a decision yeah exactly yeah someone else's headache for now, we can just announce another award.
0: Well, and actually, I guess at this point, we're pretty much on to the good awards as well.
1: We're on to the happy awards. Yeah, some some sort of positivity, I suppose, in this podcast. And the, the third award is actually for the game of the year. Like last year, we didn't really have many options to pick from for this one. So, you know, the result isn't that much of a surprise when you consider the nominees.
0: Yeah. I mean, in a, in a year with five wins and a draw you can really only pick out of the wins to be game of the year. And really out of those, you only want to pick the convincing wins. So the nominees were Cardinals 27, Giants 21, Cardinals 26, Bengals 23, Cardinals
1: 38, Browns 24, and Cardinals 27, Seahawks 13. And the unsurprising winner with this one with 80.5% of the vote is Cardinals 27, Seahawks 13. I'm
0: quite shocked that this isn't the, the you know, 100% of the vote kind of game.
1: I mean, the other games had some decent moments. I mean, the Cardinals-Giants one was a good defensive performance, wasn't it?
0: That's, that's absolutely true and, you know, the Cardinals-Giants one had, like, Chandler Jones getting a bunch of records for sacks and um, the Bengals game was, like, quite tight and quite, you know, intriguing to watch and interesting to watch but for me, you can't beat a good beatdown of the Seahawks at home and knocking them effectively from, you know, getting their their first round by and their home field advantage.
1: Not that it's them against Philadelphia.
0: Though. No, that's true, but we did make them play an extra game and perhaps, you know, going into is it the Packers that they play now? I think it is, yeah. So, you know, I mean it's 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 left them without a rest week, it's left them without home field advantage. I will absolutely take that any day of the week. I'm quite uh quite happy that that's the case.
1: The fourth award of the night is the Play of the Year Award. And again, not a great season for results, but there were some good plays in there which deserve some sort of recognition, hence this award.
0: I think my favourite part of this award was the fact that I was able to to go back and, and look up the highlights of these moments because it was just nice to be reminded that they all existed.
1: I should actually thank Twitter for this because most of them I'd forgotten about.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a case of... Um, you know, it's a very long season and and you can forget about these individual moments. So it's, you know, it's easy to focus on the more recent games and the more recent moments. But throughout the season, we have had some spectacular TDs. And I think that the vast majority of these are touchdowns.
1: Yeah, I think all, but two are technically touchdowns. So the nominees were Chase Edmonds, 37-yard touchdown versus Cincinnati. Andy Isabella's 88-yard touchdown versus San Francisco. Kenyon Drake's 80-yard touchdown run versus Seattle. David Johnson's receiving touchdown versus Atlanta. The fake punt that we ran versus Tampa Bay. And Larry Fitzgerald's one-handed catch.
0: Well, this one was a a much more fragmented vote um, with, uh, well, in second place it being the... 33.2% 33.2% of the vote for Kenyon Drake's 80-yard touchdown run versus Seattle, which I think is the one I voted for.
1: Yeah, but the winner with 42% of the vote was Andy Isabella's 88-yard touchdown versus San Francisco, which I think means that Andy Isabella isn't a bust because he's actually won a That's true, yeah,
0: and there's not, you know, these things are, are like gold dust. There's not that many of them.
1: <laughs> He'll be happy to do something, I suppose, this season.
0: I think uh, my my sort of favorite um play of the year that that sort of wasn't listed, my thought was the the play also against um Seattle, where uh Kyler Murray had that kind of shovel pass uh to to Larry Fitzgerald um and Larry ran it in for the touchdown, because that had everything. That had uh Kyler Murray making a smart decision and not running for it. It had a Larry Fitzgerald catch and run touchdown, it had scrambling and improvisation and, and also a touchdown against Seattle, so all good things there. But, you know, I'm quite happy to see um to see that India Isabella touchdown come in first as well.
1: Yeah, I mean it's something as well for the, the Cardinals should have drafted DK Metcalf instead of the crowd <laughs> to complain about. Yeah. I don't see D.K. Metcalf winning our Play of the Year award, do you?
0: Yeah, I don't see him winning any award from the British Bird Gang actually.
1: Exactly, so case closed. And <laughs> Isabella's is better.
0: No, I'm, I, I yeah, I think that's I think that's a good solid award there, and um, yeah, well deserved.
1: On to the fifth award, which is our veteran player of the year award. Now, every year the the criteria for this selection seems to change due to the makeup of the team. So you know, there needs to be a cut off point somewhere. And for this year, the cutoff was over nine plus years of NFL experience.
0: I think that's fair. I mean, the you know we've talked about it before on the the podcast, you know, from a couple of years ago. But there was a point when we were by far the oldest team in the NFL, and I think that year we had to make our uh, our cutoff like eleven plus years or something crazy like that. But you know, it's nice to see that that nine is a is a solid veteran number again.
1: It also rules Chandler Jones out of the running as well he's on eight years.
0: I mean, it's funny to be in a team where Chandler Jones isn't considered to be a veteran. But, um, yeah, with the over nine years, I mean, uh, there's no point in even reading out the nominees because the winner got 91.6% of the votes.
1: I mean, it's no surprise who actually won it, considering who actually won it.
0: And, of course, it's Larry Fitzgerald. I think he
1: wins this nearly enough every year. To be fair, it's hard to not vote for him in a category when he comes up. Yeah, I mean, like... Obviously, he needs to win something, doesn't he? He's a GOAT after all.
0: You know, additionally, it's, it's not like he doesn't earn it every time he wins it as well. You know, I think he, he sort of truly um, showed what a, what a veteran player can be and should be mentored all year. He played, you know, hardcore football. He played extremely well, um, you know, having some solid amounts of catches. He kept up his, his ridiculous streak, broke some records all good things for a good season and i see no reason why Fitz shouldn't be you know
1: our uh our, our veteran of the year we should just name it the larry fitzgerald of the year award though basically
0: yeah that's not a bad idea or we could actually just include a larry fitzgerald of the year award you know where he's the sole nominee
1: or maybe we might not even need it next year Who let's knows? not
0: start talking about things that we can't stop ourselves crying from
1: but I mean, that does bring us on to the next question in our mailbag from Stephen Pillins who asks, which player should we try to target in free agency? And the annual question will Larry Fitzgerald stay for another season?
0: Well, I mean, I actually went and had a little Google around right before we started this podcast because it is tradition that some sort of Cardinals news will break within six hours of us starting the record of this podcast. It just happens so often. And Really, this is the time of year when we're starting to see, you know, retiring announcements and things like that come about. I suspect, with Larry being the way he is, we wouldn't see him announce his retirement until February or March. Um, and that's purely because he says every year that he wants to take some time away from the game and reevaluate and think about what he's doing and the new league year starts in the middle of April, it just makes sense for us to kind of not know anything about that until then.
1: So our answer is yes and no. Exactly.
0: Our answer is we have to wait for the man himself to say, because as he says himself, he probably doesn't even know right now.
1: And the other part of that question was who should be targeting free agency? Well, I mean, we've got a lot of money this year, so everyone basically just throw money at them. I'm trying to th- I mean, the thing is, is like the,
0: that question needs to be answered in two parts. And that's like, one, who do we need? And two, who's available? Um, and we don't really know the second part of that question yet. But I can tell you, I, or I can say for sure that we would almost certainly be looking for um, another defensive lineman to go opposite Chandler Jones. And we'd probably be looking for more people in the secondary as well to kind of um shore up our, our corner back problem as it seems to perpetually be.
1: I think as well, maybe more people who are more like adept at Vance Joseph's system, like they know it a bit better. I think we need to bring those sort of people in. Where was Vance Joseph before again? He was at Denver. One of their safeties is a free agency a free agent this year. Justin Simmons.
0: is one of those positions that I think we're kind of doing better at, you know, like of all of the secondaries um of all the people in the secondary, I think safety's kind of our safest safest spot. I would really be looking at targeting corners before that before I targeted uh
1: I think the thing with corner though is we've kind of set there though, because we've got Patrick Peterson. We'll have Robert Olford back and then Byron Murphy in the slot. That's
0: pretty true actually. I mean the the I keep thinking about it as though you know we're going to have another year where where Robert Alford's not around, and another year where Patrick Peterson's not playing up to his potential. But I guess you know he showed uh, Robert Alford will obviously be healthy by the summer, we hope, and um, Patrick Peterson showed enough of his old self to to say that he can still do it. So um, you know, I guess we could just hope for improvement with the personnel that we've got there.
1: Yeah, and with safety as well. Obviously, Budabaker's a locked-in starter at one of the positions. You just have to wonder how highly they rate Jalen Thompson. So, I mean, if they don't rate him that high, then obviously they'll be after another safety to replace yeah, him. Yeah, definitely.
0: And, well, I mean, the thing is, is Jalen Thompson seemed to do, uh, you know, not too badly, um or rather i should say that he had some good games this year and some good moments but nothing to stand out especially when you look at him compared to buda baker there so i could see them easily bringing in a veteran guy who knows the system there that would make sense one of the other places i would say would be you know depending on where our man larry is going to go um do you target a wide receiver do you target a veteran wide receiver
1: I believe you wait for the draft for that.
0: The the problem then, I guess, would be that you'd have an extremely young possession group and do you maybe want, you know um, do you maybe want some experience in that locker room or in that part
1: of the 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 squad? I'm just thinking if there's no Larry Fitzgerald, who would actually be the most experienced in that locker room? In the wide receiver group? Pharaoh Cooper maybe.
0: Yeah. I think he's been out for about for a few years, but it's it's not it's not a huge amount. And maybe maybe I'm just thinking about it in all the wrong terms because I've been used to having Fitz around for as long as I've been a Cardinals fan, you know. But maybe, maybe we don't need that veteran presence there. But it seems to me like that would be a a reasonable place to make an addition.
1: And as well, talking about the old, we can talk about the new now with the Rookie of the Year award.
0: Rookie of the Year. I can't imagine that we would have been having much of a debate about this one.
1: No, and I mean, you know, you know who the rookies are. You know who's won this one already. Really, it's unreal the amount of votes that Kyle Murray received in winning this award. And you know, was it not for a few jokers who thought they were clever in voting for other players, which it were not obviously? He'd <laughs> have gotten one hundred percent of the votes yeah. for sure.
0: And in, in the end, he got ninety-seven point eight percent of the vote, um, which is, you know. Quite spectacular, really.
1: I believe it might be the most one-sided vote in British Gang Awards history. That sounds about right, to be fair. I can't
0: imagine anything else that would have run away with it like that. But, I mean, when you've got the rookie on your team who looks like he might win Rookie of the Year
1: throughout the NFL, how can you not vote for him as Rookie of the Year within your team? I mean, how could you not vote for him anyway? Yeah, exactly. For once, we've actually got a promising prospect at quarterback. I know, it's... It isn't Matt Leinard. It isn't, you know, fuck you to all who voted for someone other than Carla Murray and ruined
0: it. (laughs) 97.8% still, though. I think that's pretty much what you would call a fan favourite.
1: Award 7 of 11 is the breakout player of the season. We had some strong candidates in this one. But who broke out the booth?
0: Yeah, I mean, definite strong candidates. The nominees all being um, Zane Gonzalez, Buddha Baker, DJ Humphreys, Chase Edmonds, uh, Demir Bird, and Pharaoh Cooper, which is a pretty strong showing, really, you know, if you consider guys who really had their, their first big moments this year.
1: Yeah, and in second place, we have 24.8% of the vote with Zane Gonzalez, but the winner with 54% of the vote with Buda Baker which is not really surprising.
0: Yeah, it's not particularly surprising. I mean, Buda Baker, obviously, himself um, away to the Pro Bowl this year, but, uh, you know, just played – I I think all year he was uh, in, our, in our contending for player of the game. Um, he was in, in highlight plays on the defense all the time. He was playing hardcore football. He was playing well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I think that's an obvious choice for me. That's who I voted for anyway.
1: I'll have to ask him on Twitter, out of Pro Bowl and British Big Gang Breakout Player of the Year, which award does he cherish the most?
0: <laughs> which one does he want to put up in his mantelpiece?
1: And if it's not ours, then you can go to hell, If
0: it, basically. If it is ours, though, we should send him an award to put on his mantelpiece.
1: We'll have to make one, will <laughs> Um
0: And of course, Zing Gonzalez as well, I think, was a pretty good choice, you know, like... Uh, and, and and I can sort of see why, especially when you consider our next award being about Special Teams Player of the Year.
1: Yeah, and you might have just missed out on the previous award, but it was pretty a pretty lopsided win for Zane Gonzalez in this category, accruing 78.3% of the votes cast.
0: I mean, the thing is, as well, you got to remember, when it comes to Special Teams Player of the Year, he has to beat out British Bird Gang favourite Andy Lee for that honour.
1: I mean, ideally, he didn't have as good a season as he had last year, though.
0: Well, he didn't win as many um, Player of the Game awards, that's for sure.
1: It was just the one this year, so shocking by his standards. I know
0: it's it's a complete downward trend for him. But Zane Gonzalez, apparently, on the way up. Um, you know, I think he missed like two or three kicks all year.
1: Yeah, I think he missed two field goals and. Maybe two extra points. Yeah. But that's solid by our usual standards.
0: Definitely. And it it wasn't the point, you know, in previous years when our sort of kicking units come out, I've been in the mood the mindset of, oh right, okay, here we go, we're on the edge of the seat kind of stuff. But whereas now with zinc Gonzalez, like I'm, you know, I'm feeling pretty confident that once our kicking unit goes out that we're either getting three or one point out of it, depending on the situation.
1: I think it's fair to say we probably found our kicker of the future in zinc Gonzalez, though.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely, after a season like he's just had.
1: Award nine is the start of the really big awards from the British Beer Gang Awards, yeah. the first of which is the Offensive Player of the Year.
0: Yep, and um, I-, I can't really imagine anyone else other than uh, the- other than our winner here. And, um, you know, in second place, like a very distant second place, we had Kenyon Drake with 15%.
1: And exactly, and if you've been living under a rock, you'll have no clue who wins this award. But, you know, to the rest of us, it's pretty damn obvious that Kyler Murray's taking this one, and he did, with 79.6% of the vote.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, this was really a, a foregone conclusion when we put it up. I, I can't imagine that we would see anyone other than Kyler Murray uh, named as the vector there, because really, you know, you have to think about it in terms of, um you know just the change in our offense from last year to this year has been astronomical and and really yeah Kyler Murray is is a huge part of the reason why that is um it's been nice to watch a quarterback play and not throw interceptions all the time and and you know get the ball out and he's just been generally fun to watch as well with his running around and um interesting play designs and all that sort of stuff.
1: And the good thing now that the season's over, there's plenty of Kyla Mori 2019 highlight videos out on YouTube, so you can all enjoy them for the off season.
0: <laughs> I'll get, I'm going to save mine until I get the pangs of wanting football back.
1: I've already got them. Playoff football just doesn't do it for me.
0: <laughs> well, it's, there's no Cardinals, that's the problem. Playoff football with Cardinals, now that's exciting. But we might have to wait
1: till next year for that now. Yeah, award 10 and the penultimate British Gang Award is for Defensive Player of the Year. And surprise, surprise, this one isn't close either. In fact, besides the winner, only Buda Baker and Jordan Picks received votes.
0: Both of whom I would say are are definitely, you know, solid nominees in the running. But I've got to say with 89.8% of the votes, Chandler Jones winning it is pretty unquestioned.
1: The sack master himself.
0: <laughs> yeah. This this is another one that could only go one way, right? I mean, you had a guy who was leading the NFL in, in sort of sacks and pressures and had himself, I think, a personal best season, broke multiple franchise records, broke his own records several times in the season.
1: You know, you can't not give it to Chandler Jones after that. I know, it's just been a mental season from him. And we just hope he continues to get even better next season. I hope
0: so as well. And you know, As you were saying earlier, that was his eighth season, and he's aging like a fine wine at this point, because he just gets better and better.
1: Before we get on to the final award, we have a final question from Charlie Babington. He says, I want to know how far this team can go with Cliff, K1, Drake, Chandler, Jones, etc. I think that's a question for 2020. You know, what do we think right now? What we could what we can do next season. Well, here's my
0: my thinking with um, you know, what would be different next season and that's that the team's going to be in less flux over this over this off season. We have our um head coach. You know, we're not we're not shopping around for a head coach at the moment. We have our quarterback of the future. We know what kind of offense we want to run with him. Um, we have Chandler Jones, this incredible defensive leader, and you know, especially the way he's emerged, he's really filling the shoes that Calais Campbell left behind there. Um, you know, I think that, that like those three in particular are my big three. Kenyon Drake as well, I think, you know, if, if we can continue to utilize him and he can continue to get better. Then you know we could be looking at having that proper threat the same way that we did back in the day when David Johnston was healthy. So you know, realistically, especially given the uh, the schedule that we have next year, I'd say we'd be at least hoping to to get into the double
1: digits of wins. Interesting. I'm not thinking double digit wins, but I think if we get anything like seven and nine or above, that'd be a decent success for me. I mean,
0: yeah, a 500 season would be ideal. Um, or would would be um, would be a good thing to aim for for sure. But I mean, the going from a five hundred season to to double digits isn't that much. And and given some of the teams that we're facing, I don't know. I I'm feeling very optimistic. I gotta say.
1: I think that as well. One thing you didn't mention was the continuity on defense because we'll still have Vance Joseph in. The players will be more ingrained in his system with they, for next season. So hopefully that should be less issues on that side of the ball.
0: Not just that, but I think, you know, with the vote of confidence that um, that Vance Joseph has received there, it might just, you know, instill a bit of a change in the way that people are viewing his defense and, and you know, particularly players. And it might just be a, a case of, you know, people start to respect him more in terms of his, his ability to, to lead that defense. It might piss people off on Twitter, though. So, oh, definitely. Considering that the Fire Vance crowd have been about since like week two, and probably even before that, to be honest. But I've definitely seen them since week two. I can't imagine they're happy at the news we're keeping them. But you know, I, th- I think the less shakeups that we have in the off season, the better.
1: Exactly. You just got to keep it going on, haven't you? It's pointless like pressing the reset button after one season yet again.
0: Exactly. We've got a we've got a, a solid foundation. Five wins is not a great season, but by no means is it a tanking season. I, I, I would say that like yeah, keeping things as they are and, and moving on and building from there is probably the smart move.
1: I'd take this five win season over 2018 any day, though. Absolutely. I mean,
0: not only in terms of beating it out by the number of wins, but in terms of the way that everything felt, it was night and day.
1: And so we come to our last award of the year. The British Bird Gang MVP for twenty nineteen, the most prestigious award that we can give out. I think it could be, or we might have another one later.
0: No, this is the last award. This is definitely the last one. But anyway, the last for the last voting award, we have the nominees of Kyler Murray, Larry Fitzgerald, Chandler Jones, Buddha Baker, and Zane Gonzalez. So, who is going to be the British Bird Gang
1: MVP for twenty
0: nineteen?
1: Well, in fifth place, we have two point two percent of the vote with Zane Gonzalez. Just ahead of him in fourth place is uh, Larry Fitzgerald
0: with 3.5%
1: of the vote. I think that's the lowest percentage he's ever had in anything. <laughs> I genuinely wouldn't be surprised. Unless you count drop percentage, that's pretty low as well. In third place with 4.9% of the vote was Buda Baker, which means the final two shared the vast majority of the votes cast by quite a significant margin as well. Yep,
0: absolutely. I mean, I think combined their 89.4% or so of, of the final vote so and in second place um, bit of a shocker almost uh, with 36.7% it's Kyler Murray
1: which means with 52.7% of the vote in the 2019 British Bird Gang MVP it's Chandler Jones
0: absolutely well deserved in my opinion I mean there's so many games um that, that kind of came down to it being a bit of a defensive battle and you know while Kyler Murray was out there making scores and, and all of that stuff Chandler
1: Jones in some games really felt like a one-man defense I will say I think Chan- I do think that Kyle Murray got robbed in this I
0: I think it should have been closer than it was but I gotta say you know when you've got over half of the you know the British bird gang voters going for you I think that's pretty you know pretty solid uh you know confidence uh, vote of confidence from us uh, for for you know deserving that award
1: yeah, I mean, Chandler Jones obviously does deserve it, but I think Kylo Murray, he should have taken this straight away. And you know what? Had I actually closed the voting, like, after maybe two or three days, Kylo Murray would have actually won it.
0: Oh, so this was kind of comeback kid, was it?
1: Well, yeah, Kylo Murray was, like, one or two votes ahead at that time. Yeah, but then, for some reason, Chandler Jones was picked up and never looked back. Just took off. I believe he must have bought the votes himself.
0: <laughs> it's all Russian bots. The whole thing's Russian bots. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, quite surprising in a way that it wasn't Kyler Murray. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite happy with that. And, you know, anything that makes that trade look even better. You know, just every year that trade gets more and more um
1: excellent in retrospect. For sure. Especially when that second round pick's doing nothing. Exactly. And... Jonathan Cooper, I don't know where he is these days. Not, Maybe XFL.
0: I think he left the Patriots for sure. So, well, that's that wraps up all of the awards that people voted for. I guess.
1: Well, technically, but you know that would mean that Carlo Murray and Chandler Jones are tied with two awards apiece this season. But you know, we do have one final award to give out.
0: Yeah, we need some sort of tiebreaker, I guess.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, we've had the British Gang Player of the Game award for each game this season. It seems only fair that we collate that into a British Bird Gang Player of the Season award. Giving that to the player with the most Player of the Game awards to their name seems the fairest way, I think.
0: Well, considering that this year we've not got somebody who obviously ran away with it, we've not got Andy Lee, for instance, who was the you know clear player of the season last year, even though we didn't run this award. I think, you know, totting them up, it seems pretty fair. And, you know, we've got quite a few guys with one, we've got a couple of guys with two, and, you know some guys with more than that as well
1: yep so we have one player of the game award to their name we have larry fitzgerald david johnson chase edmonds christian kirk andy lee and dan arnold there was only one guy who picked up two awards though and that's Kenyon drake it's still more success than he had in miami though i mean the thing is
0: as well as you if you extrapolate it out he was only with us for half a season and won two awards so you know he could have uh he could have been a contender
1: Yep, but in second place with three Player of the Game awards, we have British Beer Gang MVP Chandler Jones, which means that the first ever British Beer Gang Player of the Season is four-time Player of the Game Award winner Kyler Murray.
0: There you go. That's. I think that's a fair tiebreaker. To be fair, like because this is that's about consistency over the season, and and you know Kyler Murray was, uh, you know, I I, I think he was the Player of the Game
1: for pretty much all of the wins i do think he deserves more than four though some games where he should have won it where he didn't well i think that there's a certain
0: aspect of it where people think well i can't vote for the quarterback because obviously the quarterback did the quarterback's job and they have to pick you know someone else who had a standout moment and that's you know awards that for example go to Kenyon drake and and um you know guys like christian kirk Funny seeing David Johnson back there with a Player Game Award as well. Well, he had that one good game, didn't he? He did indeed. Yeah, he did. Um, But, of course, uh, Kyler Murray, consistency across the season, winning a quarter of all the Player of the Game Awards. You know, I can't think of anybody who'd who'd be better for Player of the Season. Do you think that this is more prestigious than the MVP award? I think it will depend on, you know, what time says of it. Will people start competing for this one or will they keep competing for the MVP? I guess time will tell.
1: Well, I maybe mean, we do have the MVP for like eight years running. This is the, <laughs> first year of the player of the season. So, well, we've had the po-
0: the podcast running for about five years. If somebody wants to go back through the archive and work out who player of the game was for the other seventy odd episodes of of the British Bird Gang, then uh, you know they might be able to to extrapolate more.
1: That does sound like a lot of work for the off season. I really
0: don't fancy doing it. You know, I, I don't wouldn't wish it on anyone, but. There you go.
1: But you know, it's time for some plugs before we piss off for a well earned pre-free agency break. Oh, uh, what are you gonna do with your time off? Um probably nothing. <laughs> <if Nate. laughs> You're
0: gonna go back in your cupboard until it's time to do more British bird gang stuff.
1: Depends how much trolling he's doing on Twitter.
0: Yeah, whether or not um David Johnston blocks you, I guess.
1: Or maybe we can get Kylo Murray to accept our yeah. awards, you know. Well, we'll if see. you wanna
0: keep up with the um the Twitter drama of us Tweeting these awards out, or rather, Tom tweeting these awards out to all the Cardinals players, then uh, go give them a follow at British Bird Gang.
1: Or if you're on Facebook, you go to facebook.com forward slash British Bird Gang. Or join the group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash British Bird Gang. I think you can buy
0: tees on T Mill, um, but I can never remember the address.
1: It's British Bird ah, And I'm hoping we might have some new shirts for this off-season. Hey, that'd be cool. I mean, it's about time.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah, true.
1: But you've got to show all your friends how cool you are with a British Bird Gang t-shirt. The coolest, obviously. <laughs>
0: At least so we can see each other in the pub occasionally. That's the main thing.
1: And of course, if you like what you've listened to this season, then please leave a review on the podcast pages wherever you listen to it iTunes, Stitcher. <laughs> and once again, we only accept five-star reviews. If you think we deserve five stars, you know, I think we do, but... Yeah.
0: <laughs> All this time and effort, and Tom still hasn't paid me after five years. And on that note, until next time, farewell. That was the end of the 2019 season. I'll see you next year.
1: Although technically is 2020. It
0: is 2020, yeah, that's true.
1: But the actual season. That's what yeah,
0: 2020 season. Bring on the 2020 season. That's the one.